I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is with a woman. Her name is Bridget Murphy. She is a healer and a shaman, and she is so fascinating to me. And you'll enjoy our episode. And, um, you know, I, I always believe I was raised, you know, mind over matter. You know, I always, with the girls, we talk about, you know, wellness more than we talk about sickness. And I really believe that in the placebo effect really is like, you know, you can heal your body by with your mind. So what Bridget did for me was open that, that door even wider. And I think with her knowledge and what she's here to do on this planet is amazing. And, you know, now that we're heading into the holidays and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, gosh, we're, you know, turning 2023 and, you know, you think of, you know, three years into this COVID thing, and I still see people wearing masks and, you know, they're on their journey and, you know, going through every phase of what we went through. I look now in my life, you know, what I've grown in the last three years from this experience, not only learning from people that I've had on my show, but, you know, learning the journey, having this pandemic, this worldwide event that has changed and shifted our life and, you know, has really opened my eyes. And I know with my family too, on, you know, health and, you know, sickness and death. And, you know, I I just, I have a different perspective and it's kind of a freeing feeling. I don't, it was so extreme three years ago, (laughs) watching the news and wondering and all these questions. And now, you know, fast forward three years from that, a fear-based thinking, it's even more amazing to have that view of life as, you know, that we are these spiritual beings and these human bodies that are healthy, that the only thing that can really make it sick is our mind. And if you can really go there and heal yourself from your thoughts and create thoughts that are I say positive, but, you know, the high vibration or, you know, thinking of, you know, when you maybe don't feel that great, you know, changing your thoughts, just challenge you for that because we do that in this family. Gosh, that's kind of our, what we do, but let me tell you about Bridget Murphy before I bring her on in this episode, Bridget Murphy is going to talk about, let's see, she's a, she's going to talk about her programs. She's the founder of the Path to Power 
program where she empowers people to heal from within. She's a certified shamanic practitioner with the Church of Earth Healing and an ordained interfaith minister. Bridget empowers people through the practice of spiritual growth. She says she is here to empower people to activate deep inner wisdom, rise above old patterns and beliefs to unlock their ability to heal and transform their lives. I know you will love it and it will open your eyes to a new year of healthy living and the way you raise your kids and, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, your tribe, your friends, it'll open up your eyes to kind of look around. It's so fun to, to live life with those kind of eyes, but I am January. We're starting our next class of raising confidence for the teenagers and for the magic path for adults and parents, I will start that up. It's the third week of January and the, I already have people on my wait list. I will have um, some master classes leading up to it. So you're, you know, con- connect with me if you want to get on those wait lists, just to even get information about that. But I realize when people, you know, I look at my girls with what I've taught them and how they live their life and when I see these kids that go through raising confidence, start to, the light bulbs start to go off. Gosh, it lights me up <laughs> to teach them these tools. And I really believe that all these kids these days have them in them. We just need to open, have the key to open them or allow them to open them because they're there. They were born with everything. You know, it's just opening them and getting those beliefs, those limiting beliefs that these teenagers have acquired through their life at this, in the short amount of time and removing them. So they're free and they can live their life with this unlimited mindset and, you know, be, learn that they can be, do, or have anything and start figuring out their passions and looking at what they love and what lights them up, what they get compliments on. Like, what do people say you're good at? You know, it's just so fun to have those conversations with teenagers and, you know, before they leave and go to college, because Paige is going to say like, mom, I don't even know what I'm going to major in yet. I said, well, we'll, you know, we talk about it all the time. You're going to start seeing things that interest you and we'll get to that place. But you know, that is college and what you, you know, you go there to find what you love and what lights you up and what interests you. And you never know who's going to cross your path that, you know, that might, that might, you know, inspire something inside of you. So sign up for either your kids do this raising confidence, or you want to do the magic path with me. I have the sign up. There's links in the show notes and also on my website. And you can always email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com. But let's bring on this beautiful, beautiful woman, Bridget Murphy. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you, Ashley. I'm happy to be here. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we have these amazing conversations before we hit record when we start to enter, you know, I've met you like a couple of weeks ago when I started to learn who Bridget Murphy was, who we have these podcast connecting things that, you know, I get emails a lot now just because I've been out, out there for a while. And it's interesting to go through that. And I, I look at it as if it calls me, I guess that's the best word. Is she calling me? And then I look and I read about you and I look at your website and I go, oh, she's calling me. So I respond and 
there's, you know, we set up a time and then I go deeper into my deeper dive and like the few days leading up to our interview. I mean, I, I like to really, I really know you <laughs> and you'd be like, oh my gosh, Ashley, but I know there's a reason I was called to you. It is to share this with everybody for sure. And why I have this podcast, but it's my journey too. And I've learned that recently, especially as I looked at these past episodes that I've had recently, I'm like, I'm on this journey and I, it's like, there's a lot of healers. There's, you know, a lot of people that are under the understanding of me. What I understand is that we're expanding and we're moving into this new dimension or new earth people. You know, there's so many different words for that. But I see and I'm like, I don't question it. You know, I teach my children and my kids that in my classes, intuition and how strong it gets when you use it, you know, and how I just know that when I trust it and surrender to the knowing of that, and it just, I keep picking the breadcrumbs, right? But, you know, I introduced you in the intro so people understand your bio and kind of where, but I want you because this show is called Uncover Your Magic. I believe that when you were like probably my daughter's age, she's 16, you I think you were 17, when you'd had a calling. Do you call it a calling? Like you had a normal childhood, you had all the growing up, and then all of a sudden at 17, is that you want to take us there or you sure. you pick? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as I yes, 17, there was a, a wake up. I literally remember waking up one day and sensing, knowing something, something's off on the planet. Something is not right. There's too much violence on the planet. I need to have a part in fixing and helping the planet. And I had already really been somebody who was a helper to begin with. I was always helping my friends and offering advice. And naturally, I held that role. And then I had a larger pull from whatever we would call it, the universe, spirit, the all of creation that said, you need to come take part in making the world a better place. And that is where it consciously, where it began. When I look back on my childhood and my early teen years, there are multiple things that happened that would let me know that I was meant to be involved in healing and metaphysics and the role that I have now. It's only later looking back that I can put the pieces together. Right. Oh, no. I love doing that because I do the same thing. People will say, gosh, when I was in high school, you sent me this list of I am statements. And I'm like, I did? Like, where is that coming from? Or you always had some like motivational, like quote for me, or you went to the store to buy. And I thought, huh, I'm not saying I'm a healer, but I was like, huh, I was like always wanting to help, always wanting to support or like help make them feel like there's more to life than what you really see as waking up and going to school, (laughs) you know, going to but go to where the signs, like what were some things that you were noticing when you were in your childhood? Yes, I do believe that what we're meant to do and what we're meant to share with the world is already sprinkled in us as children and as teens. So I'm not surprised to hear you say you were naturally doing it, but didn't really realize that you were right. doing it. So part of my work is to help people to shift their consciousness and open up to what is possible 
so they can move past the limitations that the mainstream has around healing. And so one of the things that helps us to do that is when we shift our consciousness and move into a meditative state. And when I was very, very young, like 18 months old, is I think when my mom says I started to do this, I started to move myself into what we would call a meditative state or an altered state without anybody telling me what to do or showing me. My body started to naturally do it. And when I was young, of course, I wasn't conscious of it. It wasn't until I was a teenager and I looked back on this odd practice that my family was, they let me do it. I wasn't hurting anybody. I entertained Mm -hmm. myself. It wasn't a big deal. No one made fun of me. And I realized once I got to be older that not everybody does this. Hmm. And so that's one of the things that I did throughout childhood that really informed what I do, what I do now, which is help people to shift their consciousness through different easy practices so that they can heal themselves. Right. When I, what caught my attention, one thing that caught my attention from what you speak about is the healing. We all have everything we need. We don't need anything outside of us to heal us. I grew up, my mom's side of the family was Christian science. So it was all, you know, mind over matter. And and I think part of me, it's in me, you know, my DNA (laughs) is why I've always believed that way. And if Louise Hay was always something that I was drawn to and how I've taught my children is we speak wellness. We don't speak of sickness. So this is the cool thing that I think what you, what it sparked something different instead of looking for the meaning, instead of looking outward of what, like a back problem, I always like, well, that's money, you know? And I'm like, whatever Louise, Hey, you can heal your life book. And I'm like opening it up like back pain, or, you know, you have a cold, Oh, you feel sorry for yourself. But you talk about like, look within your physical body, look within and, and talk to it and heal it. You can do that. And I go there. Cause that's so cool. I loved it. Yes. yes. We have the ability and the opportunity to listen deeply to our own bodies. And when we do that, our bodies talk back. The information that we need is available to us when we kind of just, so to say, turn our head a little bit so that we can get the angle that we need to receive the information. And so there are ways that we can drop into the body, create a dialogue, and receive information back. Yes. Let's go to when you had COVID, because I heard you talking about that and what you did, because that's so relevant right now, what you did when you received the lovely virus into your body. (laughs) Yes. Well, I immediately did what I what I have learned to do through my healing practices. And instead of drowning in miserability, even though COVID is very uncomfortable, I just started talking to my body and thanking it, letting it know like, okay, this is a big one. I know you're, you're working as hard as you can to clear these toxins out. I'm with you. Tell me what you need. And I also offered it a lot, a lot, a lot of gratitude because there's an energy to gratitude that opens our heart and also allows us to receive new information that we wouldn't have otherwise had. 
So that was my first go-to. Talk to the body, have gratitude, be in communication in a productive way, in a healthy way versus saying, oh shit, I got the virus, you know? Right. And that makes a huge difference. It really does make a huge difference because then I am in a relationship with my body and like any relationship you'd have with a human, if you talk nice to the human, it's probably going to go pretty well. If right. you talk crappy to another human, it's probably not going to go so well. That is the, I guess, the gist of my approach. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I try to always, I mean, there's not many negative things in this home that that come out of our mouths. We've kind of all been trained. <laughs> it's a muscle. There's no complaining. It's all, we talk about vibration and like my little one had a little, like she was having tea this morning. She said, I kind of woke up with the, my throat and I said, okay, like all good. We're going to go get some tea. And then it's not ignoring it. Like explain that. Like you're, what are you doing? Yes. Doing that. What is the benefit or what are you actually doing talking to your body like that? What is, you know, not ignoring it. I'm not telling her, oh, you have strep throat. Sorry, go to school, have some tea. Yes. I think that it's important to honor the feelings that we have about things. I mean, nobody wants to feel sick. And when we understand that when we become quote unquote sick, or if we have symptoms, it's a sign that our bodies are actually working. Right. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're getting the toxins out. Yes, body, thank you. And of course, we can, I mean, a little complaining is fine. You know, oh, I don't want to have a stuffed up nose. Okay, and you can, it can be and both. You can I realize that, you know, and acknowledge that you feel crappy about something. And then you can have an approach that will encourage healing faster. And that is, okay, my body's working as hard as it can. My body knows how to heal itself. What do I need to do to help it to heal? How can I serve in this process? Right. Yeah. I love that's how I work around here. <laughs> it's, yeah, go get some tea, but keeping the vibration high and not dwelling in the, not the victim, but, you know, trying to keep your vibration and your, the outlook of, I'm just going to help my body heal by doing this or that, right? Yeah. Okay. Another amazing thing about you is you really help people find their soul's path or purpose, or you have so many amazing classes that we're going to talk about because I'm very interested in every single one. <laughs> There's a definite reason you've been led to me, but go into that. like Because you have these ways of the vision, the action, you have all these different things that you really work with your clients with define their soul's path, right? Isn't that what you call it? Yes. And I find that when we work towards where we want to be, the air quotes for anybody who's listening and isn't looking, the problems are easier to solve. The stuckness is easier to get unstuck. And the issues that we maybe are not so happy with we can make some movement on them more easily when we are tapped into what we want to be doing. I believe that we come onto this earth with something we're supposed to do. And it doesn't have to be some glorious, write 10 books and, you know, tour the world. It can be that you're going to work with kids or that you're going to dedicate your life to baking. Whatever it is, your soul 
like the essence of you, knows what it is. It's a matter of the human mind and the heart creating space to listen and respond. And I believe that we have a seed of what it is that our soul wants us to do and experience. I believe that seed is inside of us. And I also believe that it's in our energy field. And so paying attention to what we're naturally drawn to and what we naturally brings us joy is pretty connected to our soul's calling. Yes. And that reminds me of what I'm going through now with my children. Paige is a junior in high school. You know, we're looking at colleges and, you know, that's going to be a big deal in the next, you know, year and a half. And me as a soul of who I am as a mother, it is understanding that I want her to find her what brings her joy. If it's, you know, baking, if, you know, whatever it is, that's where I want her to follow that. Explain to me, like, because you have this process where you have the people write a paragraph on a vision. I think it would, you know, for me teaching my raising confidence class, it reminds me of when we do a vision board and I try to reach to have them reach further, you know, like, oh, I want to go to, to USC. Why? Like, what is it there? Oh, I want to be on the lacrosse team. Okay. And let's go further, you know, oh, a scholarship. And then they get lit up and they're like, oh, that's possible. You know, it's just keep going. So it kind of reminds me of that, but explain to me how you work with your clients on finding their soul's path. Yes. It starts with a little bit of willingness to Tap into what you want. We live in this world where we're taught to chase money. We're taught to, ch- we're taught to survive. We're taught to chase things that aren't necessarily what we want. And when we start to get tuned into what we want, we can start to align with what we want. And then the pieces that will help us get there start to show themselves. And so getting tuned in with what you want, it isn't always easy. Like, I am really clear that spiritual practice and evolution and personal development, sometimes it feels really great and sometimes it's a little struggly. And if there have been a lot of messages that people receive about the way they should be, if there's been a a significant amount of trauma, it can be a challenge to really drop in and figure out what you want. And so I work with people through a process to figure out what they want. And the good news is, is you don't need to have it all perfect. You just need to have a little bit of connection with what you want, even if it's simply a connection with how you want to feel. And then we start to allow that to come to life and we connect with it and we allow the energy of what we want, the version of ourselves that we want to embody to pull us toward it as we're moving in the direction of it. So we're in a relationship with the version of ourselves that we want to activate. Right. So if I was going to come to you and I would say, you know, because I was listening to something today. So I was like, what would come to my mind? It's definitely working with more children, making camps, you know, maybe summer camps or something at school would become probably you know, later on when we start to expand to the new earth. (laughs) But, you know, I just have this 
speaking at school. I don't know. I just have this like desire to help children and I guess, you know, make it, I just don't think everyone knows that children need this so bad, like so much, you know, like they, it is such a need. And I don't think a lot of people are still in that old way of thinking that, you know, they do this and then they do this and then they go to college and then they get a job and then they get, they find a husband or a wife and then they have kids, but there's a missing link. And I really feel that it's like, that's in my soul. Like this missing link that children don't have these tools that we're going to keep, it's going to be on repeat, the hamster wheel of these traumas and the, you know, the, what we see the world, how it came to, you know, kind of a pinnacle at 2020, like, okay, it's time for a shift. That's where my, I have that huge desire. Okay. So you take me now, what would you do? Just as a little aside, I believe that children need adults, elders, mentors who are looking at them and seeing what they're naturally drawn to, really seeing what their talents and their abilities are and helping to feed them and believe in them. That makes a big difference. So what I would say to you, I would say, okay, so create, um, create a little story about what it looks like for you to be perfectly aligned with what you want to offer and what you see happening from now because what we see now we we have access to like just a portion of what is possible once we start to get rolling and take action on what we want then more becomes revealed so i would say paint a picture and you could literally paint because some people paint or draw right. or write a paragraph as if it were, you're probably already doing this, as if it already happened, as if you were telling a story to someone about this beautiful life that you've created as it's already happened. Yes. That's what I would have you do. And I would have you include all aspects of your life, your social life, your financial wellness, your emotional life, and your connection with whatever is it is that fuels you, the source, your soul, the higher power. And I would have you start to be, to identify that and to be in a relationship with it. To ask if that version of yourself has any messages for you. To let that version of yourself know that you are grateful for where you're being shown. To be in a relationship with the version of yourself that you are wanting to embody. That's where we would start. Okay. Okay. So. On that note, when you talk about listening to your your spirit, I call it my spirit team, yeah. but getting to know them is part of your, you give this gift of teaching people how to get to know your spirit, your guides, your angels. Explain that to me. Yes. So the first thing that I have folks do is create a little bit of space in their everyday life so that their spirit team can reach them. And what that looks like is, I have folks spend five to 10 minutes a day sitting and doing nothing. No screens, no laundry, no whatever, just being. And that is a challenge enough. (laughs) That is a challenge for many folks. So spend 10 minutes a day just being, and you're creating a space for your guidance, for your spirit team to reach you. And then we build on that. 
Then we work with, okay, so we've created a little space in our life. Now let's do a couple of practices that really get us centered. Okay, so we've got some space in our life. Our energy is centered. We are doing a little bit of meditation. Okay, now we've got a little bit of a clear plate for information to reach us. From there, there are different guided experiences that I offer, different meditations that I lead, and different processes that I teach, including drum journey work, working with the the repetitive sound of the drum to help us to shift and be more open to communicating with who our spirit team is or our guides are. Right. And you are a shamanic practitioner. Yes. And the drums and the it, that came from that, right? Yes. That's right. Yes. So I learned, I listened to a, a meditation when you were doing the drums. Yeah. And I thought, oh gosh, I get it. And I did a sound bath, sound healing a month or so ago. And I brought my girls to it and we were laying there and I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. But I even get it more now after listening to why the music and the sound resonates with your vibration and what it does. Because I think I see more and more my friends on Instagram. I'm going to a sound bath. I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, how many, like last year, two years ago, I just wasn't in that, I guess that field to see all these people, but I feel like it's just, or go down a mile from here and go to a sound bath in someone's backyard. (laughs) But explain the sound and everything. That you have somebody so close who's offering sound baths. Yes. People will say, and I've heard them say that sound and uh, vibration are the frequency of the future. That's what we're going to be healing with and working with. And there's lots of information about which frequency affects the brain in this way and that way. The bottom line is, is that our cells... The cells inside our body, and our bodies are made up of mostly water, part of the metabolic process in our cells is that they make sound. Our cells actually sing, and Mm. anything that makes a sound is affected by other sounds. So when you sing or listen to sounds, your cells and the water in your body respond. It's natural your body responds. And so when you play gong or you work with the singing bowls or you work with a drum, that resonance pulls you into harmony. So if you have a harmonious sound or frequency, it invites, that's playing or existing, it invites everything around it into harmony. And so our cells Our bodies are made up of almost 80% water. And so sound travels four times faster through water than it does air. Hmm. So we are healing our bodies and bringing our bodies into a resonance and healing through the sound via the water in our bodies and our cells. Well, I read the sound travels four times faster in water and I was like, huh, I mean, I guess, I mean, I get that. It was just, that's so fascinating to understand because we are made of almost all water and that just makes sense. So you decided to study shamanic healing. 
And that was a calling. You were being called to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I use the word calling, but like your soul's guiding you to this certain practice. Yeah. I didn't decide. I, I will tell you, I was led onto this path where I met my teachers and it went from there. I did not plan. I didn't plan any of this. I didn't right. say, oh, I want to be this or that. I paid attention to what felt good in my heart. And I the and to who felt good as a teacher, and I just kept showing up and working with them. And after uh, about thirteen years, my shamanic teacher said, "You know, it it you would be a really good fit for our for advanced work. You're already doing healing work. You should think about doing this advanced work with us." And so I did, and it's continues to guide me and inform my practice. Yeah. What about Shamat? Because I've had a couple um, interviews on this podcast and you talk about it like you're not, it's Mongolian, like you're not a shaman. Right. The word shaman comes from when European people observed Mongolian or Siberian people. And they, that is where the word comes from. The word shaman is loosely applied to a lot of different energy healing practices, and it really is a very meant for a very specific group of people in a specific region. I am not Mongolian or Siberian. I am Italian and Irish. I'm European, and I am trained in the practices that are shamanic. And I'm honest with people and I say, I work with these tools. I tell you where my teachings have come from and I don't walk the earth feeling like I can claim the title of shaman because I don't come from that region and I'm not part of a lineage tradition. And I'm fine with that. We can use and work with healing tools without claiming a title that doesn't belong to us. Right. And so your healing tools, as far as a shamanic practitioner, are drums and sound. Yes. And helping people to connect with their own form of sacred. What does shamanic that mean? Shamanic practice is, has a many components to it. One of which, and a huge piece of shamanism, is being in a relationship. Being in a relationship where we are asking and we're receiving, we're listening and then we respond. And so in shamanic practices, the shamans talk to the spirits and get information to bring back for healing. Any human being can talk to their and communicate with their own spirits of healing and their guides. Any human being can learn to communicate with the trees. Any human being can learn to communicate with their body. So the relationship and the communication, which is a big part of shamanic practice is something that applies to everybody. And it goes back to, again, like, you know, you talk about, you know, talking and communicating with trees and your body, but it's a practice. It's not yeah. something, I think that's where people think talking to trees or, you know, talking to your body. But once you get into this, I think you do like a 21 day or something soul, sacred soul challenge. But, you know, when I was looking at that and I was thinking, you know, if people don't negate it or, you know, just let it go without doing it for consi a consistency. Yes. 
And then they start to understand and the the things they are listening for are now like you can hear it, right? Talk about that. Because they've created space. The intuition, the inner knowing, the information that we want is available to us. We're too, we're too busy on and too fast and too worried and too all these things most of the time to hear that, to hear. And, and I don't just mean hear with our ears. I mean hear and receive through our hearts, through our psychic senses, through our bodies. We're so busy. Uh, when we slow down a little bit, we can start to receive information. And so slowing down and kind of turning our head a little bit so that we can listen in the direction that the information is coming from. And often it's inward. I use the, you know, turn your head and it sounds like it might be coming from out of us. Sometimes it's coming from spirit and often it's coming from inside of us. You don't have children, right? I don't have any biological children. No. Okay. Oh yes. I was looking at your Instagram. You have so many cute little kids in there (laughs) for you to give advice for parents to, because with my girls, I mean, it's constantly like ask your angels. And I mean, ask, you know, I mean it, you got to talk. We have this whole morning routine that we do and, you know, let's do, because I, I'm so, you know, this childhood that that's coming to an end. And I know it keeps going and it's going to be in a different dynamic and I'm embracing that, but, you know, I've just really enjoyed being a mom and, you know, giving them these tools and, and empowering them that they are guided and they can listen. But with these young ears that are so looking at their phones and TikTok and Snapchat, it's so busy and I get so frustrated (laughs) I mean, I'm like, we're going for a whole month without this TikTok or Snapchat. They're like, mom, that's the only way we communicate with our friends. And I'm just like, it's such a busy mind these kids have these days. You know, it's like, let's stop. I mean, they meditated in their little bedrooms. We did a Alexa. I used to say, you know, I'm going to shut the door. We're going to do this little three minute meditation because I wanted them to start incorporating that when they were like three years old. You know, they've done their I am statements. They've done their gratitude journals from kindergarten. They have gratitude journals. now. You know, we can go back now and look, look at my handwriting. I was grateful for the, you know, they're laughing, but how do you, as a parent, like, what would you give that parent? Like, instead of saying, I'm going to take away your phone, I'm going to take away TikTok. What would you, what advice? I don't know what it's like to be a parent and I can't probably make suggestions as well as a parent would. I just want to put that out there. And (laughs) I would say, when we want anybody to experience something, we need to give them those experiences. So we need to put them in in the way of the things we want them to experience, taking them out in nature, being really intentional with gratitude, and showing them through our own practices, how we can be. Today in one of my workshops, one of the participants is a mom and her daughter is 13. And the mom, my participant, has a sacred space, an altar, where she has different things placed on the altar. And her 13-year-old daughter was like, what's this, mom? And she just explained it to her. And um, the kid, the, the, this teenager understood what was like asked a couple questions and then moved on. And I think that 
when we live rich spiritual lives and we give kids access to the information that we have and access to what we're doing, I believe that that helps. It may not change everything right there. It plants seeds for them so that they know that there's a different way to be and that right. they can engage in spiritual practices. Right. I always say kids do what you do, not what you say. And they always, you know, see me doing, we talk about who I'm interviewing and try to get a little bit of, (laughs) can I tell you about it? (laughs) But yeah, I just, you know, I think the kids these days have been trained to, you know, not go outside like we did. I mean, I'm sure I'm a lot older than you, but you know, I didn't, we didn't have the distractions. So it's a, a little added thing to this layer of childhood that, you know, parents need to be aware that they do what you do and to connect with understanding they have this believe in God and have this amazing spiritual belief and understanding. But when you realize that you're so surrounded with these spirit team, I call mine the spirit team. I've, I've condensed it because I used to, you know, say spirit, my dad, because my dad passed away, guardian angels, spirit guides, archangels, (laughs) I'd keep going. But, you know, I just think that connection and I love, that's what I think I was drawn to you by because it's a practice. It is a practice. I have my language for the spirit team, as you call it, has evolved. I now refer to them that as the sacred forces. Hmm. Yeah, oh, I the love sacred that. forces. And they can be any of what we you just shared. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about there's a time in the morning where it's the most, I wrote it somewhere. Yeah. Liminal time. Yeah. It's a liminal space. When you are just waking up, you're not thinking yet, your feet aren't on the ground, you're just waking up. You're in that in-between state. You're in between sleep and wake. It's a very, you're very open to receive in that place. Now, most people skip it. They don't really pay attention to it. You can train yourself to be more present to that state. And when you do that, then you can access information from that place. Hmm. From your dream state? Explain like what you call your dream state. Yeah. Your consciousness is kind of softened. You're in an altered state when you are between the sleep and the waking state. And then you have access to information, to your guidance system, to clarity, to new ideas. And one of the ways that you can work with that state is if you want an answer to something the night before, program yourself and say, I'm going to wake up knowing if I should take that job or not. Or I'm going to wake up with insight about my relationship with so-and-so. You program yourself. There's no resistance. You have no resistance while you're sleeping. When you wake up, before you get up out of bed, spend some time in that liminal state and see what comes up. Because the your consciousness hasn't grasped on to anything yet. Mm-hmm. And the answers that I feel are floating around or really inside of us, there's a, the platform is clear for them to reveal themselves. Right. Do you have a practice? I mean, I know I'm sure you do. What is your practice waking up and do you meditate and 
How yeah, do you align I spend yourself? A couple of minutes in the so I wake up and I pay attention to that state as best I can. Not every morning, you know. Right. I don't rush out of bed. I will put my hands on myself and do an energy practice. I'll breathe. I will be with my body for a bit. I do a grounding and a centering practice. I think I said that already. And then I get up and I make some coffee or some tea and I get a shower and then I sit for at least 10 minutes a day in a meditation. Sometimes I drum, sometimes I sing. We don't need to be in complete silence for right. uh, meditation. Yeah. And then I go about my day. Yes. And your day is with clients on like online. Yes. Yeah. And when, and, uh, yeah keep going. Go <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. It's yeah. So I will see clients, teach classes. I work to write my newsletters, all of the different pieces, for, you know, running my own healing business happen throughout the day. Where do you see yourself? Do you plan a vision? Are you, do you do what you teach? Do you put a vision out there? What does your like paragraph say? One of the things that I can say is that I can stick behind all of the things I share because I actually do them. And I do, I have a vision that I write out and then I type out because I like it, but I like it to look neat. Oh, funny. <laughs> and I update it from time to time because the vision sits at my altar. And when I am meditating from a meditative place, I envision or I'll read my vision and I, I tune into it. And I spend time every day tuning in to the vision of what I want. And over time, because I'm doing that, it starts to come to life. And so I have to make adjustments because I no longer need to visualize that because it's here already. Right. So I update it from time to time. And what do you say to people who have the, you know, they've had the outcome. It's already, you know, I know what it's, I want that to be, I know it's how it's going to happen and how you teach people. You have the vision. It might not end up being that vision, but if you keep sending love to it and the feeling of that, and just surrender and ex- and be in acceptance of following the path and knowing that it's for your highest good of whatever the outcome is. Cause people get so set on this. I got to have that. And that, you know, it's like, it's almost like I always say, you know, the lack is just going to bring more lack. If you haven't, how do you describe that? I think that once we start to take direct steps and direct action, that's in alignment with our vision that what it is that we are looking for and looking to reach is often better and more grand than we could have created in our heads. Yes. I can't tell you how many clients they'd like to start healing practice and they wind up. It's not just a healing practice. They're part of a healing center or they're starting a healing center or they've been invited to, you know, work with a group of people who are doing the same thing. The vision when we feed the vision, it grows and it gets, it can be grander than we ever imagined. Yeah, I love that. And I've had experiences with that in my life. And I believe in that. So I think I believe in it so much because I've seen it come to fruition so many times that when I have my clients that, you know, we're discussing, you know, their goals or visions or, you know, and it's, it's like a shift that you got to get in their little heads, <laughs> you know, to go, wait, you just got to know that it's going to be bigger and better. And 
you just got to keep moving and taking the action and pushing past that fear. And just the minute you just keep just, there's no question. You just keep going. Oh, that's when I always say the magic happens, but it's so true. Yes. And there's a, I think a faith and a trust that we need to have, because I know when I first started working with the vision and tapping into it, I did it faithfully for I guess it was like a month in and I'm like, nothing's happening. This isn't working. Why am I doing this? And I'm like, well, it's nothing's getting worse. So I might as well keep going. Two months in to simply seeing my vision every day, things started to shift. Hmm. And had I stopped when I thought it wasn't working, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I want you to talk about when you talk about sovereignty and I forget, you said, what is soul sovereignty and why, why do we need soul sovereignty? Yes. Soul sovereignty is when we are able to trust our soul and communicate with our soul so that we can get the answers that we want and need. And we are not relying on people and systems that are broken to heal us and to help us to grow. I believe that we all have soul essence and that it knows because it's connected to the larger essence of life force. And when we tap into that, we don't need, well, we're humans and we need to be with humans. And when we are tapped into our soul, we don't need, we don't require the same amount of feeding from the system, right? As we require often at this time, yes, yeah. Right. And we're also more able to tap into truth uh, and not get bogged down by a lot of the illusions of what is around us in the world. Right. Oh, I love that because you know I'm I'm in a place where I do have soul sovereignty because I do know that feeling and I. I've had a few people on here. We've talked about, you know, where we're going, you know, we're in 20, getting ready to go into 2023 and three years into this like new world that we've, you know, been shift. All of us have been shifting the collective, you know, it's like, it's so interesting to watch the evolution. And I can only imagine 10 years from now of where, how, you know, like how fast it's going to go, how, you know, or are people going to slow it down? But as long as I feel like, and I'm going to ask you that, like, as long as we stay in our soul sovereignty, it will shift the vibration of that collective universally. Don't you feel like that? Tell me your take on that and where you see the world going as we end this beautiful conversation. Yes. I, well, I mean, I don't have all the answers. (laughs) Right. I do know that when we are connected to our souls, we make better choices. We are drawn to people and communities that are aligned with what, where we need to be going. And we are more, we're fuller, we're more powerful in a good way when we're connected with folks who are all moving forward together. So the soul, soul sovereignty helps us to heal ourselves. It helps us to move past old limitations and it helps us to find other people who are doing the same. And when we are grouped together, well, whether we are grouped together or doing our work alone, there's a critical mass that happens in consciousness. And when we reach critical mass, 
a shift occurs and um, we are more expanded and um, more in our heart space and then change is really happening on the planet. Yeah. What, so when you, um, you have different classes, will you explain a few of those? Do, I mean, I know right now you have things on your website that I was reading, but why don't you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. I have a, a program that's called Accelerate Sacred Training for Healers. And that is to help healers to really be empowered and to experience soul sovereignty. That's a, a group program that I have that has one-on-one work included. I have developed a sacred listening method, and I will be sharing that through my soul path uh, programs that are going to start in January. I also have um, a healers collective where I teach healers how to take their work into the world in a sustainable way. That starts in January. So those are a few a few programs that I share with people. When you say healers, because people are going to be listening to this because I'm listening to you say that and like, well, I'm not a healer. So I guess I, but I, I, I in my heart, I'm thinking everyone's a healer. You yeah. just need to decide, right? Yeah. So healers, I say, I call it a healers collective. And for me, healers are therapists, coaches, people who do energy work, people who facilitate circles that help to advance people in their spiritual growth. So there's a lot holistic practitioners. There's a lot that comes under the word healers. I look at it as, you know, global helpers who want to take their gifts into the world. And so if you're doing one-on-one work with people or you're doing group programs and you want to learn how to talk about what you do in a non-cheesy way and really be empowered with confidence to share your work in the world, then that's the type of program that you would want to that you would want to join. Yeah. Right. When you, what were you talking about listening? What's the listening? Sacred listening. Sacred yes. listening. Yes. Learning how to listen to your. Yes. Learning how to listen. Well, sacred listening is about shifting your consciousness so that you can hear information from your body, from their sacred forces, from your ancestors, from all of the places that the information comes. And so I have a method, a process that I lead people through where I drop them into a deep space where they can hear and receive and shift their awareness so that they're transforming old stuff and it doesn't hold them back anymore. Hmm. I love that. I love the work that you do. You really are a blessing in this world, an angel and... I'm just so glad that we were connected. I'm grateful for the podcast that I was able to meet you and uh, learn your beautiful, everything that you teach is amazing. And it's all, it all called me. So it's, I will be going further down your deeper dive. (laughs) Well, I really, yeah, I really, I really trust that we're drawn where we need to be a lot. Most of the time, most of the time, (laughs) sometimes I go where I don't need to be, (laughs) right? but I get back on track. Right. Um, And yeah. And I feel like people like us who are helping other people, we find one another. Yeah. Right. So people can find you. It's all Bridget Murphy on Instagram. Instagram. I just started a TikTok. Oh, um, good for you. Facebook, everywhere. It's Bridget Murphy, Bridget Murphy healing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. I loved it. And so nice to meet you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashley. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.